0: Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, it's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Bill Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 204 for October 9th, 2019. Bill, please sit down. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter. Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, mm-hmm. Scott up, Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsmen, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashiers, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've said too much. Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spores. Josh Alexander and Gangi and Pop-Pop Makerspace. Before we begin, I want to uh, give an apology to a few people. Uh, One, uh, Jeff Shaw. Sorry, I couldn't make it last night. Two, to uh, uh, Paul Jackman and uh, Pat LaPriere. Sorry, I can't make it on Wednesday. You happen to pick Yom Kippur to show up to town, and I cannot meet up with you guys as much as I would love to. What are we working on? Uh, Bill Lutz, what are you working on?
1: I, um, well, I'm not actually working on anything because I just finished and published a video about the ski tar that I made. Hello, almost a year later with a
0: new video, huh? Wow, wow. No, I I bookmarked to watch that, so (laughs) I'm going to. (laughs)
1: Um, I am so, first of all, I forgot how amazing this community is because the few responses I've got, the few people that have watched it have been just amazing. and It just feels good. It's like... It just feels good. I mean, there's people like to I, give back and be a part of. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just wow. It's, it's you now people say, oh man, glad you're back. Glad you're back. Cool deal. Blah 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 blah. So everybody, thank you, bless you. Um, but yeah, the project was absolutely fun. Um, an original idea that I did not steal from Tim on either the <laughs> snow ski or the water ski guitar that he made and the bass that he made. That's not. I I don't. I didn't even know Tim then. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, hundred percent agree. hundred yeah. percent agree. Yeah. yeah. So that it, it was a lot of fun.
1: Uh, yeah, and the video came out fun, and uh, I did what you suggested, Tim. I recorded like we do for this on a on a um, quick whatever it is QuickTime uh, audio recording with mm-hmm. my with my mic right in front of the amp. And sounded the, great. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun, and then it, it was it was fun because I played the track and videoed that, so you can hear me playing it off the camcorders mic, but the actual track on the video is from the amp and the 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 blue microphone thing. It, it was it was so much fun. I I am glad to be back. I missed the shop. I miss working on stuff. There was a lot of things uh, that I came up with during that build on the fly because this little things came up. I'm like, you know what, I need to do this. I wanna try that. I'm gonna try everything worked out great. I made some mistakes that were easily fixable, some funny ones. Uh, I didn't put it in the video, but Tim, you'll appreciate this. So I, I used my plug cutter and some uh, light-colored plugs to make the fret markers on it. And what I did was sure. I, used, I used quarter-inch plugs for everything but the 12th fret. Instead of using two, I made it a half-inch, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this would be cool, or 3 eighths, whatever, the next size up. So mm-hmm. I get it all glued up. I, I drilled the holes. I get it glued up. Uh, I know exactly what you're about to say next. (laughs) Yep, and I cut them all flush. I sand it down, then I look, and it's like the 12th fret is where the 9th fret goes. And I'm like, son of a gun. (laughs) And it was really no big deal because I have a a block of the same colored wood that I made the fretboard with, so I just drilled a bigger hole, put a bigger plug, (laughs) and and then drilled another half-inch hole to put another half-inch light-colored wood plug in there. And then I look, and now I put it on the seventh fret. And I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> so I did it twice. I, it's, I mean, I don't know how it happened, but I did it twice. I just thought it was funny. But it was such an easy fix. Uh, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just a matter of cutting out the plug. But it was so funny. I mean, I put two holes in the wrong place after realizing I did it once. I did it again. So that, that's, uh. that's what I was up to. I
2: was at a guitar show like a year ago. I think it was the first guitar show I did. And one of the guys that runs the show is also a builder. And so he has his booth. He had like seven or eight guitars out that he had built. And he makes, you know, he's the ones with like 30 coats of clear coat on them. There's several thousand dollars each. And he shows me hmm. he shows me one of them. And he's like, take a look at this one. See what's wrong with it. I look at it for a couple minutes and I don't see it. And he points to the 12th fret. Yeah. It's on the... The double dots are on the eleventh fret. <laughs> yep, and it's funny. I posted it's like a stamp builder. that's printed upside down. Right, it's a I, professional builder, you know.
1: Yeah, so. I, I posted a picture of the on Instagram of when I put the plugs in and the glue was drying, and I just put plugging along on it, and you could see it there, and I still didn't notice it. Like I said, I, I did it. I cut them all off. I sanded it down. I recorded everything. It was perfect, and I think that's a big part of why it happened. Is you try when recording a video, at least me. You're only trying to record a minute or two of mm-hmm. each process. You know, it's not like we turn the camera on and just keep going and you can relax. You, you got 10 seconds at this angle. You try to move it and get a close-up. And it, you're doing all these things for just a few seconds, and then you put it away, mm-hmm. and you actually do the whole build process without recording it, but you want to have a, a hint of what you were doing. And that's I know that's what screwed it up, and I did it twice. Like I said, it was just funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
2: I particularly wait, uh, I wanted to let Bill gloat a little more about his uh, being back oh, okay, in the shop. okay, go ahead, sorry. Um, I yeah. I particularly liked your. Um, it actually ties into what I was up to. I guess now that I, uh, now that I think about it, your tail piece that you made out of the uh, saw blade. Um, <laughs> you like that? I like that a lot, and it was interesting because I watched that video Sunday morning. I think that's when you posted it, or Saturday night you made yeah, it posted there. it. Yeah. Um, I watched it Sunday morning. and It was after what I was up to was I was at the Capital Region Guitar Show in Saratoga Springs, New York over the weekend with my family. Um, and I watched it Sunday after the show, like Sunday morning when I got up. Um, and, uh, but Saturday there was a guy at the show. What, it's like a ticket price to get in, but they say if you bring a guitar to trade or sell because there's a lot of vendors and swappers and stuff there, then you can get them for, like, five bucks instead of seven, you know. So everybody brings a guitar in just to save two bucks, even if they don't want to sell it. And this one guy <laughs> this one guy brought a ukulele in that he made. Um, and so we, I was talking to him. He's a very talented builder. He's using all, like, exotic woods and stuff. I didn't, right, like, right. lecture him or nothing. But, you know, he's an older guy. and But he, he had some really clever ideas and some stuff he was doing. But the one thing he did was he had a tailpiece that he made on this little ukulele. And it was all made out of wood. And instead of bolting it down tight... He had just one bolt through the center of it, and it had a little arm sticking off of it, almost like a whammy bar, so you could actually wiggle it.
1: Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so I was looking at it, and I was like, I really like this. I took a picture of it. Um, I was like, I'm going to steal that from you. And he said, don't worry about it. I'm giving it to you. You're not stealing it. And I was like, that's awesome, you know? And then I was, But he was saying, but the downside of it is that, you know, if you got to put it right back perfectly or you're out of tune. Right. And so I was like, well... And so we started brainstorming on it. I was like, well, what if we... Put a spring underneath it and, yeah. and it had a solid point, and you could have a screw adjustment. You could screw under it to t- adjust tension to pull it back to a position, you know. And, and um, so it'd be like a fun homemade whammy bar, you know, or vibra yeah. bar. Um, and so a detent would be good. Yeah. And um, yeah, just call it because it's not like a full whammy bar where it, like dive bombs, but it just wiggles it a little, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so then, so that was like fresh on my brain. And then I was looking at your saw blade and I was saying, oh, that's spring steel. That's perfect. And then I was thinking about like that's right this guy's a woodworker I got a plasma cutter you know right. I was like I could I could maybe take this to another level and make my own tremolo bar um, that's a little bit that just looks different than what you can buy you know relatively uh, like uh, you know I just got my, my brain kind of going so uh,
1: hmm. yeah, the, the reason I did that this, that was that was problem solving for me because I needed a way to ground the strings mm-hmm. and um, the easiest way because the the pickup that I was using it had the insulated wire all the way down so i couldn't tap into the pickup that was real close to where the the the, uh bridge would be so i'm like well i can make a tail piece if i make it long enough i can go all the way down that ski to where the jack is going to be and i can i can tap so that same screw actually bolts the housing for the jack which grounds Mm -hmm. it which is actually the string so i mean it's it was just a way of me figuring out that how would i ground the strings that's why that tailpiece came about didn't come about because i thought it would look cool Although it looks really cool. um, Yeah, I know. It's a great design feature, too. Like, that's one of those happy accidents. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like I can ground the strings easier this way. Um, It was just, yeah, it was just a problem solving. That's one of the many problem solvings I had to come up with. So, that was great. Thank you, Tim. Cheers. Uh,
0: Phil, you want to talk? Nah. Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to make anything this week. You make me happy. Well then, job well done. (laughs) Um, Let's move into our topic, um, and it is all the wrong notes, and that's really shorthand for um, even though you played the wrong notes, the sound came out or the 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 song came out great. Um, So we just sort of shorten that. But um, I think this week's topic is about all of the sort of um, mistakes that we've made that turned out to be great or using something wrong. like you're using something for its for a, a, a purpose that it wasn't intended for, exactly. and and getting a really great outcome, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So like, uh, I don't know, bolting a circular saw to a piece of plywood, turning it over, and then you've got a uh, table saw, you know, makeshift table saw, yeah. that kind of thing. So um, let me kick one up because I got a good example of this. So back when I first started making the whiskey boxes, um, I didn't really have as much access to material as I do now, and um, and, and I I cut some, I guess maybe they were probably inch thick pieces, and I made them just rec- rectangles and long rectangles, and I was using them as the lid frame. And I realized that I had cut one of them too short, and I didn't have another one that was going to be long enough. So what I did was I uh, found an off cut that was, if I had joined the two of them together, would be uh, would be long enough that I could do it. So I basically made a scarf joint out of two 45s, but then I figured, how are these really going to stay together? Because they're not, they're N-grade to N-grade. So what I did was I ran them both uh, down the table saw and made a, uh, just a channel and then glued in another, another strip of wood to make basically a spline before I knew what a spline was. It just sort of made sense to me. And, uh, and you can't really tell once the thing is stained, but, it was one of these boo-boos that turned out great and it taught me a good skill. Um, so, and, and I think reclaiming does that a lot. You kind of really just have to work with what you have. Like you can't run out and buy more, especially if you're trying to match or you're trying to do some kind of green continuity or whatever the case may be. But uh, it, it teaches you to be super resourceful with the little bit that you have. And, and that was that was a lesson for me. It was scarf joint and spline to get a little bit more out of what I had. Nice.
1: Very nice. That's, that's fairly common too. I mean, hmm. uh, not a scarf joint two pieces of wood together if they're not end grain, um, is definitely a way. Even when you're doing cove or something like that in your bathroom on the you know on the floor, you you scarf joint those yes, pieces of wood together sure. so you don't have that gap. You can't see light through it, it. It's much better and everything. So what you did was pretty smart to get that strength back in there. But that's fine well I had already cut
0: the 45 right because right. for the corners so kind of the scarf joint was already like that was that was taken care of for me well done. but thinking but it I said it very quickly but it took me a good half an hour of scratching my head going how am I gonna get this to work and it was like one of these um, it had to go out the next day kind of things and it was 10 o'clock at night when I made this boo-boo which is not surprising Um you know given that I made the mistake because it was so late night because I was so stressed out but then that was a time well spent just sort of thing how am I going to get this mistake? I know I'll run a piece of wood through there anyways so that was um, that was probably one of my proudest um, mistake creative problem solving things yeah, that, and you know that
1: problem solving that sparks that uh, imagination <clears throat> what about you Tim anything you, you got I, I got some stuff I'm you know me I'll talk so go ahead yeah,
2: um get,
0: get it in now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll throw quote Um I the, the when we can came up with this topic idea, I just I just started thinking about kind of like you Phil, like when I started and I I really didn't have much more than a skill saw, you know, and a drill. And um and I think mm-hmm. about all the things that I used to be able to do, like I you know, you know sometimes you go back through your your photos that you your drive of photos or whatever and you're like oh wow i forgot i made that or i remember making that and and um and I, I think about how i did it and like the the ways that i did it with the tools that i had and it took like forever you know what i mean but it was mm-hmm. all possible so i mean i really like i get the comments all the time in my videos well sure fifty thousand dollars worth of tools it's like no you can do all of this with a skill saw and a drill like i used to do all of this right with the saw on a drill yeah. just took 10 times longer you know but so right. what I got really good at is I didn't have a table saw for like the first couple years that I was You know a part-time business, and uh, I did everything with a skill saw and uh, I was I was making um, I made a, a cabinet like a uh, it was like a credenza uh, that floated and hung on the wall in like a French cleat and um, And uh, it was all it was like a plywood box with real wood doors And then it had a real wood trim around the front And so I had to do the real wood trim on the front of the plywood and, um, so I, I cut quarter-inch strips with my skill saw just off the boards, and, you know, like, I mean, on the table wow. saw. But, uh, so, I mean, I did all s- sorts of stuff like that. I used to edge joint with the mm-hmm. skill saw. I don't even know what edge jointing was. I just knew that I put the two boards together, and they weren't straight. So I grabbed the straight edge, and I clamped it down, and I would I would take a couple passes sometimes to just do these little things, eighth of an inch strips, you know, off of uh, off of these boards and until I could put them together, and they would stay together. Um... Mm-hmm. So that was like what I thought of is like that, like, yeah, you really can do just about anything with a skill saw. It just, it just takes long. And I never did anything that, I never felt like I was doing anything unsafe. Um, you know, uh, I, but it was, you can get that kind of precision out of it if you go slow and you really take your time clamping, clamping up the right jigs and, and fences, you know.
0: That is, that is the key to it. Like, the less you have, the more you have to pay attention. Like, all these big machines that we have, right, they kind of are square. And as long as you can run the material up against the tool, it'll, you know, it'll sort of fix the, a lot right. of the problems. Whereas a skill saw, it's all up to you. Like, yeah. I've built cabinetry and, like, a miter saw station at work one time, and all I had was a cirque saw and, and a straight edge. That is challenging work.
2: It, well, it's, I mean, it, it's it's just uh, patience, really. It's just a test of patience to set it up, right? Because you get to that That's point. It's challenging like, for me. Like, yeah, <laughs> good point you know, like, I can cut that. I can do that straight. That one, it's just a short one I can do. And it's you can't if you're going to try and build something that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. it's that, it's some it's guys, some guys can, but... It too.
1: The time you put into yeah. to come up with something, like you said, so you'd have to sit back, took you half an hour to figure out something you could do to get that going. Same thing with you, Tim. I was like, well, I can make these straight edges, but you probably didn't just immediately go, oh, I'll just, I'll make these straight edges with my my skill cell, right, it's like think about it, it's like, okay, I'll use this, I'll use a straight edge, I'll clamp it on there, I'll run it by, um, yeah. and that's the thing, is using things for their not intended purpose, and I'm going to go back to, to the ski tar that I built, because again, I, I had a few things on here that were problem solving, um, originally I thought to get the the, the wiring, uh, I'd run a channel with the, with the router down the, the body, and I would lay the wire in there, and then I would use epoxy with the pigment you gave me, Tim, and fill that in. Yes. And the mo- I like that. That was I forgot to mention that,
2: that that was a really clever idea.
1: Well, and that's the thing is I was like, okay, that I was okay with that at first, but then I thought, you know what, if I if I epoxy that wire into that channel, I'll never be able to pull that pickup out of there. You know, if I ever change my mind, if I want to replace the pickup, if I decide to scavenge that, that uh guitar and and use the parts off of it, I didn't like that idea. So I'm like, what can I do instead of just epoxying the wire directly in the channel? I look around. A couple months ago, I don't know if you guys remember. I said my uh, my fridge took a, the ice maker, uh, the line, the water line for the ice maker took a dump. There was water everywhere, so I went and bought the little kit to replace the water line. And I had some of that plastic PVC water line hanging up. I'm I'm leaning up against my tool bench, and I look over my shoulder, and there's that water line. I'm like, huh? And I pulled it off, and I laid it in that channel. It fit perfectly, and it was just. The depth was just right, so I wouldn't use nearly as much epoxy mm. to cover that. So I made a channel effectively with the epoxy over the top to hold that plastic tube in there. And that tube created a, a way that I can just slide the wire through. Boom. So now it's conduit. Yeah, it's yeah, conduit. So exactly. exactly. So just a little bit of time uh, to think about something different that you can do. Cause I'm th- the first thing I was thinking was man do I try and use the router if I had a CNC but can I use the router and make a little lip on there and then cut a real thin piece and make a little piece of board that'll fit flat down in there. You know all these things are going through my mind if I had a CNC it would sure. do that really easy blah 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 blah, blah. and there's a the curve of the ski though I had to deal with too da, da, da. so it was fun. It was fun that little problem solving and I, and I like the way it was I-, I fished it through there and then it was just enough sticking out and I, I soldered it together with a the, uh, the plug was for the back. It was it was really cool, but
0: that's so that's the that's the first half of any problem solve is Well, if I had this, yeah, right, right, I could do that. Yeah. So now how and do I like, fake it? <laughs> yeah. So now so fif- that's fifteen minutes, and then the second fifteen minutes is okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't. I don't have. What that do I have?
1: I'm not going to get that anytime soon. So what can I do?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do I have? Yeah, exactly. No, that's fun. Um. Has there been a time where you've used a tool unintentionally? It's a silly question, but uh, uh, to unintended results, you're like, huh, well that's interesting. Yes.
1: Um, in fact, I, I'm gonna keep going by uh, the ski guitar. Gotta watch the video, everybody, it's, it's fun. The tailpiece, we're talking about that, so I had to make uh, where the string goes in, the end of the guitar string has a little nubbin on it, and, and to have it on this tailpiece, you slide the nubbin in and it kind of hooks in there, right? So you need a, a big hole for the nubbin to get through and a smaller hole right on top of the big hole that can lock that nubbin into place, if that makes any sense. So what I did was like, okay, I'll drill a bigger hole and then I'll drill a smaller hole right above the big hole and then I'll use a file to get rid of that little connected. bit of metal in between the two and that that should make me my little shape, the keyhole, basically, that I wanted to make, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. that was a pain in the butt. Give me a little file and. So, so I'm like, wait a minute. I remember one time when I was trying to use. I, I took a file, a round file, and I was trying to do a, a, a smooth out a round hole. And I was doing like trying to start a fire with a stick with your hands, right? So I put the round file in my hands. And I was going like this. And then I thought, you know what? Yeah. That's hurting my hands. That sucks. And I looked over at my drill and went, huh, if, if I just chuck this <laughs> file in my cordless drill. Eh, yeah. Because of that, I was able to cut those keyhole uh, on that metal, That's steel, that sp- spring metal on that saw blade, uh, it made quick work of that to make that keyhole by using that file Interesting. chucked into my drill and then and, you know, go backwards. I don't know why, but if you go reverse on the drill, it cuts better on the file.
0: Huh? You know what I was just thinking? I actually thought you were going to say something way more outlandish because that was really smart. I was thinking you were going to go a whole other direction. I thought you were going to, like, I don't know, take a file, weld it to a reciprocating saw blade, <laughs> and then use that.
1: I thought about that because Jimmy has that actual, that that file machine that just goes up and down and has those little square files. It's a breacher or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that came to my mind, too. Man, if I had that, then I'm like, wait a minute. I don't need to go up and down. I can just use the round files.
2: Yeah. Do you remember when I tried that? Tim used m- a, made one out of a scroll saw. Yeah, I, I yeah. tried. It was a failure. But, uh, you know, I t- totally over engineered it. And then I found a very simple solution. You just basically just file the end of the file down so it fits into the scroll saw chuck. That's all you need to do. But, uh, <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was what I was trying to do. It's called a die grinder. No, not a die right, grinder. Right, 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 right. There's a, there's a word for
0: it. I, f- I forget it, the name. It's a breach. Like when you take a. Yeah. I thought, I thought they were called a breach. Anyways.
2: Um, yeah, but there's another name for it too. I can't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, well, oh, I know a, what you're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, a breach is like it's a, it's when you take a round hole and you make it square with like a a square piece of metal that starts off round. Or like
2: a like a mortiser, yeah. Well, the mortiser has kind a chisel of. Edge. Yeah, but for metal, yeah. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, love I don't. love these
1: moments where we where all three of us really have no clue what we're talking about. We're talking about. Uh, that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, unicorn. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, automatic metal yeah. file, automatic metal
2: <laughs> file machine. Uh, I can't wait
0: to see what comes up. It's called this a, It's called a die filer. Die filer. Die filer. I was filer. close
2: with die grinder. Yeah, yep. die filer. I knew it, it wasn't a die grinder because just... a grinder spins. But so Vance metal. and I had a fun, uh, a fun little aha moment today at the shop. Um, Do tell. So Vance has been building this trailer. I don't know if you've seen any of that stuff I've, I've in yeah. yeah. Um, so so Vance has commandeered my electric trike from a couple years ago. I had to move right. the handles in for him. So now he he's into the electric trike and he wanted to build a trailer. And I'm trying to let him do as much of it as possible. Um you know, I, I have to cut some wood for him here and there on the on this you know, this chops are or whatever, but and I'm, you know, teaching him how to do stuff. So he's learning how to like, you know, do some measuring it's homeschooling you know so I had to do some measuring he's doing some screwing some nailing I had him using a stapler for a while like it's like a brad nailer um, I had him I bought some caulk, and I had him caulk the, the top of it so it would be waterproof and he's been doing that and teach him to run his finger along it and he comes out and his hands are so black that mom is saying okay you're wearing gloves from now on because <laughs> <That's tough. laughs> uh, he's nine you know and it's it's hard I mean I'm, I'm a grown man and I make a mess trying to do that my brother-in-law was a master he could he, just his pinky would be dirty you know and everything would be perfect but it's you know um but so he's been doing all that. So, so the last step that he has to complete this, I mean, he's got stuff he wants to do on the inside. He's going to make a folding desk and all this stuff. Um, but the last step of it was it's uh, he wanted a back door for it. And uh, it's a triangular shape. It's like an A-frame. Um, right. so, so the problem was uh, if you can't make it like a tailgate because there'd be like the point of the triangle going down on the ground. It would just break, you know. It's all made out of hollow door. so it's all pretty flimsy. Um, and then if we put hinges on it, it's kind of weird cause it's a triangle. So it kind of opens up, you know? Um, yeah. So that
0: was what like we the Delorean.
2: Yeah. You know, it kind of opened up to the side and like a, like a really bad DeLorean and not that they, okay. not <laughs> that they were good. But, yeah. Not like the good ones. Yeah. But so we're, I'm trying to think of us and it's, you know, I want him to do it. I don't want me to be out there like putting piano hinges on and doing all this. stuff. I'm trying to find some solution that, that he can do. So I was thinking like, well, what if, what if I put like three indexing holes in each one in each corner and then just put pins on the the cart on the so he could just slide it onto these pins and then there's like maybe there's like a little drill hole put like a cotter pin in so it doesn't fall off. And then I thought it doesn't need three, it just needs one on the top. So if he if we have a bolt going through the top and then the door the whole you know it hangs on it, and you just push it back and forth like a pendulum on this one bolt on mm. the top. And so then you could just you could push it up to the side and then have a little thing that pulls out to hold it up you know or just put a spring clamp or something on the edge to hold it up and then when it swings down you can have a little latch on the bottom of it so it's not swinging back and forth while you ride around
1: or like jimmy's uh guillotine that he just made he might chop his little arm off trying to get the bike out (laughs) yeah (laughs) right it won't be it won't be as sharp as that ridiculous thing
2: (laughs) but uh but so, uh, so that was pretty exciting when, it, you know, cause he was like all the ideas, like he wanted to make sure he could like latch it when he was inside or latch it if he's outside so he could lock it from both sides. And so I was thinking like, um, like we have our shower door outside, like an outdoor shower door, like it's a fence latch, you know, you can open it from both sides. I was like just trying to think how we could fit one of those in there. It was all complicated until we came up with a simple solution of just this, just this one pivot point that it can spin on.
0: Right. And uh, That's very smart.
2: And Vance got so excited, like when we, because now all of a sudden it made sense. Like it was everything he wanted, everything we wanted, he could do it himself. So he spent the rest of the day
1: building his door. Next time he's there, we'll actually drill the hole and put it on and, you know. For, for future awesome. uh, A-frame bicycle trailer doors, uh, what about, uh, like you said, a tailgate, but only partial up, just enough just to make it like a ramp. So you can lay that down yeah. and wheel the bike out. Yep. And then have uh, like a tent flap for the top part. Yeah, that was a thought, too. Um, we were thinking about doing, like, a... Like
2: he, well, he wanted to have a door just cut out of the triangle, so, like, a hobbit door.
0: Okay. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I,
2: but um, but I was like, you won't be able to... I was like, you, you'll just be uh, barely be able to get in there, buddy. I was like, because it's just not that big. <laughs> you know, it's I was like, you need cool, the whole thing though. to open up. Yeah, it would be way really yeah. cool. So we'll see. I mean, then now he's like realizing he's like, oh, it's getting dark in here. It's
1: like, yeah, you got a roof
2: and four sides and no windows.
1: <laughs> Time to introduce some <laughs> battery-powered LED lights stolen or reclaimed from a uh, Christmas tree thing. He he
2: has some string lights, and we yeah. we bought like a five dollar little LED light that he stuck on there. It sticks on a magnet, uh, but he wants some solar powered. Nice. So uh, nice, which I thought was cool. He wants to put a solar panel on it, which I have. From, just say, I just say, didn't you have some bike. with that
1: bike build anyway? Some little tiny. Yeah, side. yeah.
2: I had fairly large ones. I think they're like twelve by eighteen inches. I have two of them. Um, One on each and I side. A, and I have a. Con- you could live in that thing. I have a converter for it that, like, the it, it was supposed to charge the bike, and it would have taken like you know two days to charge the bike, but <laughs> it would have charged it. But but for like LED lights, I mean, it'll charge them it no problem. You right. can just run them, you know, in the daylight. But um, yeah. So that's that's future potential trailer build. <laughs> He's, That's fun. He's so funny with this thing. He's just been like—I mean, it's been like six weeks. He's on that. He's just, just every every chance he gets at the shop, he's just he's just digging in. He's working so hard on it. It's really, huh. it's really neat to see.
0: You have got all those door skins. You could make a teardrop trailer because it could so easily bend and wrap around that round shape. Well, That'd we be fun also.
2: He's got a lot of trailer ideas. We were talking. He wants to build a trailer. <laughs> he's in the trailers right now. What can I say? Um, <laughs> He wants to build a trailer uh, for my key truck like he wants to, you know, start just keep going like he wants to get bigger and better
0: oh, Yeah, um, he's gonna make it too big though that truck can't pull that much yeah, That's what I told him. I was like, stick <laughs>
2: eh, to the trike. Gotta
0: keep it small like matchbox size.
2: That, that reminds me though in the what I'm up to uh, uh, For the beginning I forgot to mention that I'm going to the, the maker camp up in uh, East Durham, New York this weekend um, the 11th through 14th, I'll be there on the 12th is when I'll get there up by Duress's place at the Blackthorn Inn, I guess is the name of the place. So, so I'll be there with Maker Made CNC, and because you said about the holocore doors, like I actually just I just pulled them all out. Uh, I'm almost out of holocore doors because I'm bringing like, six or seven of them with me up to this uh, show to cut stuff out on the the Maslow the Maker Made CNC. Um, and I just had the idea today. That I mean, we were we were making. I already started making some little like chosh keys to hand out, and we were saying how we would do like um, we were trying to figure out what to do. And since the event is a lot of it is about um, like like sort of like hands on and educational and stuff, I was like, well, why don't since since the CNC the whole principle of the CNC is it's making CNC available to the masses. It's like why don't we just show people like how it works like so we'll, like we will like I'll I'll open up a file on the computer and I'll say you know your name is you know is Matt and so I'll write Matt and I'll put a circle around it and I'll send it to the Maslow and we'll cut it out because the eighth inch will all be one cut and so we can do these demos but then I had this idea today too that we can do at the same time is um I thought I'd try to make a guitar while I'm there and just cut out layer after layer of the guitar body um, from eighth inch. That's sick. And then because Total Boat's there, and we're going to do some stuff messing around with Total Boat and, and then use their epoxy to stick it all together. So I see if I can actually l- cut out a layer. Like every time I r- we run the CNC, we'll cut out another layer of the guitar while we're at it. You know, I think because if each piece is an eighth inch thick, so I need at least like 12, you know, if I yeah. get just like 12 cuts. And then they'd all be yeah. different too. I'll do them like, I'll do like maybe like part of it hollow, like a chamber, and then parts of it will have the pickup holes cut out and parts of the neck holes cut out and hmm. parts won't. So it'll all be different. And you'll stick them all together. So I, I just grabbed my kit guitar that I made the DIY guitar kit video with, and I just like threw that in my pile. That's going with me to the to the maker camp because I will just like literally pull the neck and pickups right off that and just stick it on that thing right there. if Smart. I can, if I have time, you know, while we're there, we'll see how it goes.
0: But so we design it with car. reference holes, so you just stick a pin and then yeah, yeah, exactly. Every I layer point. just goes over the pins.
2: I'll put some chopstick uh, indexing holes and uh, stick yeah. chopsticks through. Exactly. And then there's that's no. That's fun. Then there's no sanding even. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: How does, how does plunging work with the Maslow? I thought it was just an X-Y. Does it have
2: a has Z-axis? A, it has a Z-axis. Um, it has about an inch and a half of travel. Um, okay. Which is like if you set it all up perfectly, right? Because okay. it, what it is is there's a little motor that's on the... You know, like if you have a, a router, there's a thing you spin to make it go up and down. You know, it's like the plate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a motor. There's, it works really well. They always recommend the rigid
0: router just because the way that thing's designed it has a turn screw. Oh, so it mechanizes so a, or it automates the existing plunge mechanism. Exactly,
2: so there's a little motor uh, on, the, on the Acme thread that you would twist by hand and then there's a okay. bracket that holds that motor still so when you activate the gotcha. motor,
0: it spins it down. So it really is for like sign making, like that's what this I mean, is really yeah. for.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the biggest problem with it for doing stuff beyond sign making or like 2D stuff is um, that Z axis is really slow. Um, right,
0: it's, and short.
2: It's yeah, and short. So you you don't have seven inches of clearance like a you know like my CNC machine. But one of the ways people get around that is they um they cut a hole out in the four by eight sheet that's the back backer of it, and so then you can put yeah. taller things in there and you can move them in and out. Uh, so okay. if you want to if you want to cut three inches, you put do the first inch and a half, and then you slide it up an inch and a half and do the second inch and a half. So there's like little tricks like that you can do. Okay. but it, But again, it's like that's you know time is money. It's quite the hack. Yeah,
0: that's that is using not using it for its intended purpose to get better results. So very thematic. Glad I brought that up.
2: Fits in, yeah. They, there's the people that are the people that do this stuff that are really into that. Like, I mean, I have another CNC, so if I need to do that type of stuff, I just I don't do it on the Maslow. I, I, I right. I've got it easy. But if you're like a lot of these DIY people that are into that, they're like really into that. Like these like these like garage makers. They're like I'm gonna make everything, and I'm only gonna spend three hundred dollars to do it. You know, the, like the right. It's a hobby. You know, and, and they, my time is worthless. Right. <laughs> this is this is how I want to spend my time is on the weekend is like hacking this code and, and figuring this out and right. and they're really interesting people and they do amazing things with these uh, with these machines just absolutely amazing things like I've barely scratched the surface of what it can do because when it gets hard I just go to mail the machine. <laughs> <And>
0: whatever, <laughs> you know? right. whatever
2: happened to the shaper?
0: Still um, around? People are getting them.
2: They're starting to, yeah they're starting to show up. Um, I see. Yeah, I, like, that doesn't interest me personally, but I do see its applications.
0: That thing really is legit, as far as I can see, really for sign making.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a portable... Like, you can take to the job site, literally, and lay it out almost on the wall that you're going to hang the sign on. And cut, you know what I mean? If you mount it or glued somehow a piece of plywood to a wall, you can actually take that shape or do your domino layout. Yeah. Take that shape yeah. or cut the sign out already fixed and amounted to where it's going to go Yeah, pull the wood off. I mean, it's a trip. It's a trip. Well, there's
0: that, but like, I think also like, you know, like a shop bot or whatever, one of these giant four by eight foot CNC's are super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And this really just replaces that because you could even go buy five by ten foot, um, you know, sheets that they have now of all this uh, laminated strand board and stuff like that that you can make signs out of. And this thing, it's as big as you want it to be.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what the future of that will be because right now with the domino tape it's it seems still pretty complicated for what it could do with the right technology because if you had just a port a, a, a router that had a screen on it that allows you to just by loading in a picture and it knows where it's at on that wood without the tape you literally eliminate 90% of your 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 setup you know what I mean Yeah. With that thing yeah, the, the, yeah. it will get that smart I, I think it will
0: it, I yeah. think it will you probably just have to put a few reference points that it right. can see I don't even think well, I mean, have I to feel see like it. He- I
1: think you just have to tell it where those reference points. It doesn't have to
0: see it. If, well, yeah. I'm, when I say see, I mean like there's got to be some kind of yeah. sensor limits to it, so it knows where it is within that confine.
2: Have you ever messed around with the app on your phone where you can like hold it up and it tells you how tall a building is and how big yeah, a chair yeah. is and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. I mean, if my phone yeah. can do that with the acu- surprising accuracy right now, it's not long before that machines. You're just gonna hold the machine up, show it the piece of wood, and then put it in the center, and it's gonna know what to do. I mean, that's yep. just that's it's just inevitable, yeah. you know? Right. Well, this was the first one. Yeah. Exactly. It's a it's brand new tech,
0: you know. Yeah. Um, I actually am surprised that it's taken so long for it to get out there. Like I remember like what two, three years ago we were seeing this at Maker Fair. Mm. Yeah, and like people were like, maybe ordering it. and only now are people like really getting it?
2: Startups, man. I mean it's, you it's, know, it's, it's going in the manufacturing. Yeah. just just the first time I manufactured my square, it took twice as long as supposed to That's a flat piece of metal. Never mind, I mean, how many moving right, parts yeah. are in this? and how many, and you know when you're talking about making something on that production level, I mean,
0: yeah, well, oh, yeah, a 10 cent part. getting a, getting a router, 10 cent part for 9 automating cents automating a router, that's pretty incredible right. so. yeah, yeah, mind can, you, the Glowforge came out pretty quickly they were a year and late Dave and
1: Bob and Dave yeah. were griping up a storm about how long that thing was taking to come out
0: Well, it wasn't years, it was like they were upset because it was like months late but I'm just saying,
1: not, not yeah. everything and they had a pretty gigantic uh, head start head start you know, with that, thing. Yeah. it still took them quite a while to actually get it going. Nothing yeah. comes out. Jocko, Jocko's maker knife. Jimmy's yeah. doll. I mean, we all waited forever for Jimmy's doll.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, i had cut that leg off the next day. <laughs>
1: hey, I still have mine unopened in the original box. It's going to be worth millions one day. No,
2: it's not going to be worth yeah. as much as the only DiResta hula doll. Made by none other than yours truly.
0: <laughs> that, that feels like a real thing. What? Tell me about the um, the plunging jigsaw trick. I've never done that, but I've seen it done, and I don't really get it.
1: Oh, that's definitely using a tool. Probably I don't. You know what? It's funny. Is I I'm almost positive you're not supposed to do that, but it's been oh, around no. forever. It's been around yeah. forever. You basically you just take your jigsaw and you hold it on its end. Start running it, so you've got the jigsaw with the blade going like this, set, set the, the tail down, and then you just yeah. start running it and then lean it into that wood, and it will actually plunge cut to get started. You don't need a hole to get
0: it going. But the, So the, the end of that blade the end of that has blade, is teeth actually, on it.
1: Right, it does. Most jigsaw blades are, are teeth all the way to the very tip of that blade.
2: Yeah, and if, if you if you picture if you picture that blade if you if you flip it upside down and you look at it in your mind's eye, it's a handsaw now. And if you can start it with a handsaw, you know, because you could do that with a handsaw too. Like you could get a plunge cut with a handsaw. Well, not every handsaw, but one that has a tooth going all the way to the end. It's just I mean, it's hard, but you could. Yeah. You know, because right. there's the, the all the, the the sharpness is there where it needs to be. I don't
1: know about handsaw plunge cutting, but the jigsaw you could do it pretty easily. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think gotta, I, I don't think I'd want to with the handsaw, but I think I, could. I. I think I know what you're saying. If if you got a, if I had to, you've got a yeah. tooth at the end. You can scrape it enough
0: to exactly, actually to get, get it, it going, it. right? Yeah. But that would yeah.
1: that be a lot of work because you could just get your jigsaw and you don't have to do that. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, but what if you were building like an A-frame trailer? Yeah. Oh. And you needed it to pivot. So yeah. So the
1: the, I, the, lizard, head, I, the lizard condo I built, I did a plunge cut on that
0: video. On some. I'll like check that, that out. Yeah. I did see that yeah. though. I saw that. That was that was one of the ones I saw. You can't, see everything in,
2: you can't see everything in a build <laughs> video, though. You miss stuff, you know what I mean? If you watch it, you can't see everything. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. Are you kidding? We're, but, we're talking about, like, how long have we been watching these videos? I've been watching these videos for probably six years now, yeah. and yeah. I've seen hundreds, if not thousands, thousands. of videos. Yeah, mm. thousands. There's no chance I remember everything I saw. Of course not. But that's I mean, why I'm it's okay to do things so. multiple it's times. Okay. I'm, you
1: know. I'm not offended.
0: So. I've seen all of your videos. Shut up. Are you kidding? I just like to bug you. I didn't Could watch you see my, my but uh, that's all right.
1: It, it'll
2: be Yet. gone
0: It'll be gone by the it's time, time, this, time. This airs is the fourth dimension. Yeah
2: <laughs> It'll be time gone on the, the
0: fourth dimension. You're still going your
1: latest Instagram video um,
2: Yes, it, it'll be gone, by, but fine. Was, I'll watch it now. Go It, on. it was Vance It's just the, the last one in the, in the thing. It's Vance on the table and he's using he's cutting eighth-inch uh, hollow core doors um, He has a straight edge set up. He's using a dovetail saw and uh, yeah, keep click through a few that's him just messing around with the trailer but so he's he's got a fence set up that he's holding still with his knees and he's kneeling on the table and he's holding with two hands he's holding this dovetail saw and he's sliding it back and forth along the fence that he's got oh, yeah. a straight line
0: that's clever that's very yeah. clever
2: and he's cut a perfect edge nine he's years old he's using the old foot clamp yeah the old he's using the old jesse, <laughs> jesse yeah the old jess clamp <laughs> yeah that's funny that's smart though that's and that's what i mean i that's the idea of me not doing it for him because i could go and i could cut that on the table saw or i could grab a skill saw but if i give yeah. him a, if I give him a handsaw, and i say cut a straight line use a fence figure it out and that saw i mean you can't hurt yourself too much with that saw you know um
0: well, yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could. But, you could hurt yourself pretty bad with just yeah. about everything in there.
2: Yeah, but but he, you know, he, I trust him with it. And so I'm just like, yeah, go to town. He knows where to put his fingers and where not to. And uh, he came up with that. Right. I thought it was brilliant.
0: I like it. You play the hand you're dealt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> gotta, that's, this no pod, one that's what this podcast is about, right? No one to walk right. away, no yeah. one to
0: run. All the wrong No moves. one to fold them,
1: you know? Speaking of which. No one to run away screaming, is that what? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, clearly I do not know what to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, um, what else? What else is a a, a tool that we've used um, incorrectly with amazing results? Oh,
1: table saw cove cutting. Uh, um.
0: you ever seen? You ever seen one? Of, yeah, that, I've never yeah. done that, but I have seen that. You ever seen one of these um, sanding discs that you can replace your table saw blade with and use it as a disc sander?
2: I've I've heard of them, but I've never.
1: Seen one in person or anything?
0: I've seen one in a video a couple of times. Um, I
1: can't. And probably I, off the top of my head, I'm I'm saying why? I feel
2: like well, there's so many other cheap. spinning things. There's so many other spinning things in your shop that would be
1: better to do that with. Yeah. Well, and that's a well, high. I mean, it's that's like, high speed. That's super high speed. You can still. Yeah, you can. About still. the
0: same. Seventeen fifty
1: RPM. Well, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. just thinking. Uh, How many how many different uh, uh, homemade disc sanders does everybody make? Just using your table saw for that it's like that's like that's like using your car as a paperweight. I just I don't know I feel like you
2: shouldn't ever feel comfortable standing and putting your hands next to that part of that table saw. It should never be normalized.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no,
2: that's a good point. Yeah, that shouldn't be normalized. Uh, yeah, no, it is a weird one. Not mm-hmm. I mean,
0: people maybe. say that like uh, it's not really meant for like lateral. You know what I mean? It's not meant to be the the arbor is not really meant to be pushed against that way. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how much stress you're putting on it. But anyways, oh, I yeah. thought it was a weird. Izzy has weird tool. Izzy
1: has thoughts about that that have backed up what I've always thought because of the cove cutting that I've done for a million years. Um, yeah, it's fine. You, you're gonna you're gonna yeah. have to put so much stress on that for so long in order to yeah. to mess anything up. That thing's a beast. It's a table shot That's Come what on. I would think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, kickback could knock it out if that's the case, you know. Which, right. which it wouldn't. Yeah. Right. Instead, my stomach absorbs that impact. Yeah. Which is
2: great. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a good workout plan. You know. It's fine. It's like those you old know, rubber that's... band things they used to put on to jiggle you. Just kick back instead of that. Right. Uh, another another
1: that. thing, band uh, bandsaw using it as a shaper, so to speak. You know, Jimmy's the master at
0: that. Oh, pulling it backwards. Pulling it backwards yeah.
1: on the blade to, to like mm-hmm. shape it, carve it. Um, what else? Drill press is a lathe. Yeah, drill press is you a know? lathe.
2: Or a sander, you sure. can build your sander into that too. It's a, an upright sander, you know.
0: Yep. yep. What about a drill press as a press?
2: Oh, I use that all the time. mine's yeah. mine's my arbor. I almost bought an arbor like seventeen times, and I'm just like ah. Eh. Like why? I have a drill press. <laughs> the only thing you're going to yeah. use
1: it for is to put frets on, right?
2: Yeah, and my drill press does that fine. It's not yeah. like I need ten, twenty
0: tons of pressure or anything, you know. So. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? An average stand-up. Uh, how, many, how many tons of pressure do you think you're able to actually get out of a drill press? I would be curious to find out. I'd guess a ton. Probably a maybe a few hundred pounds, I would think.
2: Yeah, at least at least a half a ton. It's what it's, it's pretty understand? small I mean, gearing. I mean, you're not getting
1: a lot of. You're not getting a lot of uh, uh, depth, but you certainly, that gearing, because you can, those, yeah, I, I would say you can get, I don't know what an arbor press does, but a drill press is probably a good eighth of an arbor press, I would think, easily.
0: Hmm. That's interesting.
1: It's not really what it's made for. You shouldn't be, you, use it for a press, absolutely, all day long, every day, but not for the types hmm. of uh, poundage that you would use an arbor press for. Yeah. I mean, right. if you're
2: pressing ball bearings in the machinery, don't use your drill press. Like, no. that's, you know.
1: But, uh. At least not more than yeah, a couple for, times a week, you know. Yeah. But if you're pressing right.
2: pressing frets into a guitar fingerboard, it's fine. <laughs> All day long.
0: Yeah. All day long.
2: Just you have to remember not to turn it on when you have the, the fret call in there. Like, because it's such a habit when you go walk up to the machine to and then <laughs> to spin it on. And I was like, I, I don't want to spin that oh, thing. So. Oh,
1: another thing I got to use this on this, uh, again, did I mention I made a video that everybody should watch about my ski tar? Huh, uh, no, Go
0: go Tell. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got
1: a chance to use my clink spore uh, mop sander thingy in the drill press. And it's and? awesome. It's awesome. It was exactly what I wanted it for, was to do the, the neck, some of the sanding on the neck shaping after I used the, the um, spoke shave put that drill press thingy on there i even gave uh mike if you're listening i even gave you a little i held your sticker up in front of the camera with your name and address on there a little sponsor
2: stuff there and your home address and your home phone number which i thought was a little bit inappropriate
0: bill also blood type super weird
1: yeah and all those pictures you had i don't
0: know that was a little creepy hey everybody's got most of their pants on come on Um, ridiculous
1: but yeah so i mean that worked out really well so there's an idea of using a drill press for maybe not what it was intended for but that mop sander in that drill press is amazing so definitely did you did Hmm. you ever
2: see those planers that they make for the drill press they have a planer blade that goes in there and so there's like a like a three inch circle and then inside that there's like other circles that spin with planer blades uh it's free to what to plane that's so you would lock your drill press into position for like a height yeah. of your, and then you would slide things through and s- somehow keep your hands. I don't so know. You're, you're talking but, about like the bottom terrifying. of the
1: bit is where the planer's at. Cause
2: I've used a drill press. Right, So it's like a, well, I mean, I'm sure I've done that too, where I've locked a bit down and like a Forstner bit or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Forstner whatever. bit.
2: Yeah. No, this is actually, this is actually made to do that. It's got like, so there's, it's like a planer blade. I don't know. I remember seeing them years and years ago because um, I was looking huh. for ways to flatten guitar bodies when I had the skill saw and a cordless drill, and I was like, you know, I had my drill press, and uh, I was looking at that, and I watched the video of some guy using it. I was like, I'm not doing that. It's <laughs> like, terrifying. Flattening, yeah, with it was not a good idea.
1: Flattening with, and there's another, yeah. another example, uh, flattening with a uh, a router, making it the jig for the router to go back. Yeah. and Yeah, yes, which, which makes. so space. that's what I was going to
0: ask. Yeah. What what what's the? And we we only have a couple of minutes left here, but what are some of the best hacks for a router
1: that right there that's probably one if you're working with logs or anytime you're doing reclaimed and you've got some funky butt shaped piece of wood that you want to get a flat surface on it build a quick jig for your router using that as a surface planer best thing ever
2: I had my my neighbor uh, you know the house the houses there's an apartment and a house on the property where my barn is right and so this young man moved into the apartment and uh he's building a blacksmith forge in the garage there and uh so him and his dad is they come down i know his dad he's the electrician that wired my shop um they come down a couple weeks ago and they're like they're asking me like hey we got this stump that we're trying to set up an anvil on and he's like for the life of me i can't get this thing flat um you know he's like you know using a chainsaw they're trying to and 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 so they're like do you have any idea how to do this and so i just go here's what you do <laughs> and they're like, all like oh yeah you know and I explained how you do that that router trick the router slide, yeah. and it was just like just watch their eyes like open up like their their brains like all of a sudden they got it like oh yeah dude. I was like I was like yeah just pick the spot like if, if your garage floor is crooked put the log in the spot you're going to use it and just level it there you know and you don't have to yeah. worry about it and and, uh, and they were, they're just like they were like so excited like to you know that 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 knowledge is just like when you learn a trick like that it opens up like windows for everything else and you just oh, yeah. think about the, the basic principle of it right and it's like i always say about like sanding it's like just transferring a shape you know so if you create the shape that you wanted in there you know your sanding block is the shape you want and you just move it back and forth a bazillion times that shape's going to be transferred um mm-hmm. and when you think that way so it's the same idea with that router sled. you you want a flat shape so you're just transferring two flat rails right exactly to
1: you your, can actually you can actually surface plane with a table saw too. Same idea, but you're you're moving instead of moving the router on a on a sled over the piece. You're building the piece on a flattened um, jig on either side of that piece, and you move that back and forth over that blade, just like coving with a sure. table saw. Sure. Sure. Uh, I've use done that on to, sleds. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like uh, making um, notches. I don't. I've never done a whole piece, but I've made yeah. notches and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. you basically if you screw two flat pieces of uh, long board on either side of whatever piece of wood, even if it's a stump, right? You just screw yeah. one flat piece on the other side, one flat piece on the other side, sure. off the the surface of the right uh, table saw. Then raise your blade up as you go, run it across, shallow passes. There, raise it up, shallow yeah. passes, and keep raising it up until you get your nice flat surface you want. And sacrificial That's a fun bolts, idea. So don't use don't use mahogany, yeah. use pieces of plywood scrap or whatever. Yeah,
2: and then maybe put. I mean, depending on how thin you're gonna, how close, you're going to get. You could even just put handles onto those boards so you can keep your hands clear. You know, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. you're doing something small, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's
2: a good idea. I like. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think have a joint we, you know, I think so. we have illuminated and enlightened, boys. I do.
0: <laughs> I agree with them. I agree with Bill. Wholeheartedly. Um, um, contractually, I time. can't. I can't
2: contractually agree with him on the podcast, so we'll
0: just move on. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, looks like we are coming up upon mm-hmm. the uh, the iTunes review review. Ooh, I don't okay. think we have a new one. Let me just check where we're at on the international market. I'll on the leave to
1: too. I think I did last week. Um,
2: yes, you mm-hmm. did, I think. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't see any new ones this week. So, um,
0: Oh, here we go. Got a couple uh Oh. <laughs> a couple of new ones. Uh, saved, a by from the, the,
1: saved by the uh, the, uh, the the Asian
0: ones. market, right? The, the well, sort of. We got one from the UK and one from Armenia. Here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> so the one from the UK is Simon Harmon. Title, not quite as good as the paint drying forecast. <laughs> nice Five guy. stars, right? Yes. Okay. I have been listening <clears throat> since the beginning. Good fun and an easy listen on my commute. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Simon. And from Albania, I mean Armenia, uh, it's our good friend, John Made It. Oh, come on. <laughs> and the title is Jerks. <clears throat> The review is, I haven't sent a review in weeks, and you didn't even come looking for me to see if I was okay. For all you know, I could have accidentally listened to the Maybe I've Said Too Much podcast and been traumatized. Just rocking side to side in the corner of the room. P.S. I have no idea what people are going to think if they actually read my iTunes reviews. Well, they'll be in good company because we have no idea either. Um, Okay. Thank you very much to our British and Armenian friends. Next.
2: Armenian. (laughs) I I don't remember where he's really from. He's probably from, like, Massachusetts. (laughs) I think he's Canadian. I thought he said Greece, but was that one of the fake ones? Of course
0: it was one of the fake ones. This guy built his own Model UN. (laughs) It's just him. He's the only delegate.
2: Tips. Who has tips?
0: Anyone? Well, this whole episode was tips.
1: Yeah, kind of was. I, I gave a couple of good ones. You did, Tim. Right. You did, Phil. All of us. So we tipped that. Right, we, we tipped sk- everybody.
2: We can skip the segment then.
0: Well then, what would you say grabbed your attention, though?
2: Um, I I'll go first. Uh, yes, you. Okay, so I'm gonna I'll try to do this as briefly as possible. I'll try not to cry. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of the band The Replacements. Uh, like, from back in the day, like, I, I love that band. There was one major problem with the band, well, they had several major problems, but one of them was that they were popular, or they were recording in the 80s, they were never popular. Um, and so everything in the 80s had that, like, a sound. It was a very dated sound of the way they recorded and mixed music in the 80s, and they had their album that went the furthest for them, that actually hit MTV and stuff in 1989 called Don't Tell a Soul. And if you listen to it, it just sound. it's just the worst of everything about 80s music. Like all the ex- extra reverb and the swooshy chorus and the snare drums just ridiculously loud and rings forever. Um, it just very dated sound. And it sounded horrible then to like all the people like me, the Die Hard Placemats fans. Um, and it sounded just really out of place um the the producer of it was matt wallace and he got like he had the production credits on the album and so he got all this all the slack for this but in actuality he and paul westerberg and the band like they had actually like wanted to they they set out to make this album to sound timeless so it didn't matter if it was recorded in 1968 or 1998 no one would know the difference like they were just trying to get this timeless rock and roll sound and they did that But then the powers that be at the label went and they gave it to some other guy and he made a mess of it. So now, just now, there's this box set called um, Dead Man's Pop that uh, has been released where Matt Wallace, uh, 30 years later, they dug the original master tapes out of the basement of the guitarist, Slim Dunlop, who has suffered from a stroke or whatever. Um, And they they, they got the original tapes and, and Matt Wallace got into the studio and remixed them the way he wanted to hear them then and uh so these are songs that like i've been listening to for like 30 years you know uh, and to just all of a sudden hear them mixed the way the band like put the, it's just it, it was like the first 30 seconds my buddy sent me a link he's another replacement fan's like you got to check this out and it's like okay whatever i'll get to it a couple of days went by before i did and i listened to it and i was like oh my god this is incredible like this band that i loved like I like love them all over again just because of the mix and they always talk about that with like the Beatles and stuff and, like you know like uh, George Martin being the fifth Beatle and how influential it is 100% true that the people behind the mixing board and the people behind the musicians have a big part of what the music sounds like and this is such an incredible example of that um, so if you're into like the, if you've ever heard a replacement song and you liked it or whatever if you're into that band if you're just into 80s music I mean it's just incredible it's just incredible to hear
0: Hmm. So, music. so music. My <laughs> I've been answer into is
2: music. My answer is music. Yeah. Music. Okay. One no okay. one particular album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the a Matt Wallace music. You can you can YouTube Matt, um, replacements Matt Wallace mix and uh, and there's there's sound clips up there. So you don't have to buy the album. You can just hear it like that. Is it's worth it, especially if you go listen to the original, like pick a song, like um, Talent Show. There's one, you know, like um, just, just pick a song, Inherit the Earth it was like their big hit. And just like listen to it and then listen to the Matt Wallace mix. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, I lost Bill a while ago. <laughs> Bill, what grabbed your attention this week, would you say?
1: What got my attention right now is my Bluetooth headphone just took a dump. So I muted myself, Tim, not that I wasn't paying attention to, so I didn't get too much feedback through. You're talking into my microphone. But now that I'm talking into my microphone, what caught my attention? Um, I forget sometimes. I've met Chad Grossklaus, and uh, he was at my house, uh, him and his wife. Amazing people. And even though I think Chad is probably a little younger than I am, he reminded me of, like, one of my favorite teachers in school, right? He just got that demeanor about him. And I know he does the amazing... Uh, laser engraving on a bunch of cool swag that he takes care of. Mm-hmm. Well, I just noticed on uh, one of the posts where he posted, he was putting together one of those uh, Fabtech welding tables and the the caption on there was, yeah, I'm finally getting this thing put together. I've had it for a while and I paid for it with all my welding. And I'm like, you know, I know that about Chad. He's actually uh, a pretty good maker of all things. I mean, the guy does a lot. He's got a lot of skill set. So it was just a good reminder. That Chad, uh, he's, he's got some skills. And I, I forgot he's a heck of a welder. Putting together that FabTech table, good for him. Of course, he was crying because he wanted a bigger one, but you know, what do you do when you only got a small <laughs> shop? That, that's what caught my yeah. attention. Mr. Mr. Chad Gross Claws, love you, brother. How are you, Phil? Yeah, cool. Fan. Absolutely.
0: Um, um, I've been watching a ton of the uh, YouTube channel, channel The, eight, the eight, bit 8 Bit Guy, and he and does the all of these time. uh. And I was talking about a little bit last week, all these retro uh, computers, so things dating back to the 70s all the way up to like the mid-90s, and he goes through just about every single computer that's ever been out, um, and he talks about the history and the construction, he takes them apart, usually um, my favorite ones are the uh, uh, the cleanup and restoration, usually they're broken, and he somehow finds a way to fix them either by you know uh, uh soldering a board or replacing a chip or whatever any they're disgusting looking when he gets them and they look brand new on the way out and so like that that hits a lot of a lot of buttons for me and uh and so he would probably be interested in that machine that you showed me this week tim because that's the one that gwen has is a really it's a pretty rare one not too many people have that
2: oh the yeah the texas the, the ti whatever yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's not not such a common one. The uh, the Commodore sixty four obviously sold like millions and millions of units. But there, but there were all these like little niche machines that all thought that they were going to be the one that, that break through, and is the the huge success. So like there's this huge. It was a, it was an interesting time for computers because, uh, in the 80s specifically, because uh, none of them were cross compatible. Like right now you mm. we have PCs and Macs and to some extent Linux as well. Right, which they're all sort of. They're, they're all on the same hardware now. now.
2: They're, yeah, they're all using the same chip now. You can open stuff up on either now. Yeah,
0: but a Mac, you, you mm-hmm. can't because, because it's got a special well, boot, load, loader of, yeah, software, boot loader, a hardware boot loader, yeah. but you can make a you can make a hack and talk. Anyway, long story short, um, they were all on different... Archi- well, they sometimes shared architecture, but they were on different software, and so the software market was really the thing that was really what defined what the winner was going to be. Anyways, it's a lot of interesting stories, um, and that's what, that's what he tells. He tells really good stories about all these things. And uh, and so that's that's what I've been watching. And they're like twenty minute long videos, but he's got such a way about him. Um, it's really cool. and So, so you know I've what? been uh, I mean, Craigslist looking for a Commodore sixty four. But yeah,
2: your recommendation is exactly the same one that I just gave that you made fun of before. Just replace the words music with computer and, <laughs> and name replacements with eight bit guy, and you just gave the same exact review. So don't look down at me like I'm a nerd. Uh, That's not why I was looking down
1: at you Both of you guys are
0: nerds, just so you know Oh yeah, for sure, are you kidding? No doubt, For sure Tim's a nerd Um, so (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I am an old school nerd Old school It's even the same era It's
2: even the same era we're geeking out (laughs) on
0: That's right That's right Um, okay And, well, that's it there our websites, ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff we love hearing from you guys. Um, hit send us an email, info at podcast.com with your questions, comments, concerns, um, or hit us up on Twitter, at Reclaimed Audio, should you feel that that kind of feedback is more um, uh, necessary to be public. Um, leave us those reviews on iTunes from wherever you are in the world anywhere from the UK all the way to Albania uh, in it that uh, you can get to from ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com there's a link there and it'll launch your iTunes or Patreon.com slash ReclaimedAudio is uh, of course the best way to uh, help us stay on the air and that being said, thank you very much and have a great week. Bye everybody Be good